and you are listening to the Texas Standard. Breaking up is hard to do, Neil Sedaka once said, and sometimes breakups happen in very awkward ways, over dinner in a public place, over text, or even on social media perish the thought. Well, this week, Steve Fisher, an El Paso attorney, posted a breakup notice at the Texas Tribune's TribTalk.org commentary section titled, Y'all, We Need a Divorce. But the relationship he's wanting to ditch is one between his hometown and the rest of Texas. His argument? That El Paso has been neglected by the rest of the state for the last 168 years, culminating in a certain disaffection many El Pasoans feel today. So, is he a lone El Pasoan feeling this way about the Lone Star State, or indeed is this something bigger? For more on that, we're joined by another individual from the Sun City. Richard Panetta is director of the Sam Donaldson Center for Communication Studies at the University of Texas, El Paso. Professor Panetta, thanks for speaking with us on The Standard. Great to be here with you, David. Uh, do you agree with Steve Fisher here that, that, in fact, there is a sense of disaffection among El Pasoans when it comes to the state of Texas? Well, I think that uh, Attorney Fisher is is right to an extent that, that in El Paso, I think we do feel a little bit distant from the rest of the state. I, I guess uh, Steve has sort of become the Jonathan Swift of West Texas with his own <laughs> modest proposal. Um, I think in reality, uh, what what I think is really happening in El Paso now is that, that people are, in this last period, seeing some real affection for the community. We have uh, Beto O'Rourke barnstorming the state. Uh, you've got Aaron Jones with the Green Bay Packers who who flashes a 915 after he scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You have uh, rapper Khalid winning awards. Uh, you, he won one this week and, and at the very end threw a uh, shout out, as he said, to the 915 and to uh, even to Congressman O'Rourke. So I, I think we're in a, in an interesting renaissance. But I think that that what Fisher is hitting on is, is something that's been around in El Paso for a long time. And I think the distance really does uh, create some some gap for El Pasoans in, in relationship to the rest of the state. I guess what he's saying here is that the geographic distance has historically allowed El Pasoans to be sort of taken for granted. I, I think that's true. I mean, I think that there's there's even some recent history where in the city of El Paso, they've had to push through a, a court of inquiry a couple of years ago to, to get funds that were uh, normally denied El Paso in, in relationship to other parts of the state. I think that there are uh, certainly some shortfalls in the, the way that the state uh, thinks about El Paso. Uh, we, for the longest time, had had a state legislative delegation that would, that would often win these uh, sort of uh, awful awards from, from different states state publications for, for lack of effort. Uh, so I do think that there's a history of either isolation or even sort of a self-imposed exile from the rest hmm. of the state. But I do think that that's a, a state of mind. I think that, that the more flexibility people have, and quite frankly, the easier it is to travel. I mean, you can get to the state capital now in a 45-minute flight. But I, I do think that the, the fact that we're on the you know furthest edge of the state, it's faster for me to drive to Los Angeles, quite frankly, than it is to drive to Houston. Well, there's that. Uh, but I can also remember many trips going down I-10 from California, for instance, to uh, Austin and passing by that Lone Star State sign on the highway and thinking, oh, finally, I've made it to Texas. Uh, I think a lot of people who are not in El Paso uh, still think of Texas as very much a Texan kind of city. And yet I've talked to plenty of El Pasoans who have a real strong affinity for their neighbor, New Mexico. 
I think it's true in in the sense that we like the we like the proximity, but I do think that culturally we're still rather distant from New Mexico, and I think hmm. that's uh, really evident to me any time that I cross the state line up to even Las Cruces. I think there's a, a different sensibility about the border. They're they're not on the the physical border, at least in the metropolitan areas. Uh, I think there's a sense of size disparity. I mean, if if in fact uh, Fisher's proposal were to come true, we would suddenly become the largest city in the state of New Mexico. I'm not sure that anyone would uh, would shine on that. Uh, but we also have a, a different sensibility, I think, in terms of culture. So the Mexican-American culture in El Paso, influenced largely by the border, is distinct. You know, Even if you go into northern New Mexico, where uh, culturally they still talk about being Spanish as opposed to uh, Mexican or, or even uh, indigenous. And so wow. I think that there's those cultural differences. I think that's also hard to overcome. I think it's, it's an interesting idea. But I thought the, the other thing that was funny about about Fisher's piece was the idea that we essentially would make this decision. Uh, I, I'm sure that that is probably the most Texas thing that anyone in New Mexico has heard, that we would invite <laughs> ourselves to the party and we would be the number one guest. <laughs> I certainly understand the irony that you're, that you're pointing out there. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, you were referring to this at the beginning. Uh, there's a sense, I think, back further east that El Paso is enjoying a kind of moment. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. I mean, I think that the the biggest, most telling factor, and, and this is for somebody who grew up in El Paso, I, I went away for a little bit, but I've been back for 16 years, seeing the uh, effect of Beto O'Rourke, I mean, even talking about it as a, as a Beto bump, uh, has been remarkable to me because, you know, this is a hometown boy who is on national television, who is receiving national attention, who is uh, well representing this community. I mean, regardless of your political feelings, regardless of how people vote in the Senate race, he is probably one of the strongest ambassadors El Paso has had in quite some time. So I think this is a moment. There's obviously a few other pop culture and sports things going on, but I think that that really matters because as people talk about Congressman O'Rourke, there is this sense of he's from El Paso. And and again, even folks who I, who I don't think might be voting for the congressman in the Senate race in El Paso are so excited and so proud of what he is doing and the attention he's bringing to the community. Well, I think I speak on behalf of a lot of Texans to the east of El Paso who uh, are hoping that things can be patched up and soon uh, because uh, obviously there's a whole lot of affection back east for El Paso as part of Texas. We've been speaking with Richard Panetta. He is director of the Sam Donaldson Center for Communication Studies at the University of Texas, El Paso. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes out to talk with us on the Texas Standard. You're very welcome, David.